If you found yourself flipping to the front cover of the bulletin, reading the phrase hope in a field, and then questioning how you were supposed to hear a message of hope from the gospel text for today, know that you are not alone. After all, many of us look at the season of Advent as a time to celebrate the sure and certain hope in the coming of Christ's child and for the future of the world. And yet we're met with this text from Matthew, which begins with Jesus's words of about that day and hour, no one knows. And then paints a picture of a dystopian and violent scene that I don't know about you, but does not stir up much of a sense of hope in me and instead reminds me of the hurt and suffering of the world outside. That I will be honest, I often come here to escape for a few hours every Sunday morning. Maybe you're like me and would just much rather stick with the beautiful Isaiah text, which begins with, in the days to come, and then paints a beautiful picture of peace and transformation of weapons into tools that are then used to cultivate creation rather than destroy it. Yet remember that we are embracing our full cup, and so it is in this embracing of the whole of Scripture, the Old Testament and the New Testament, that we get to experience the fullness of the love of God and the fullness of the message of hope coming from these texts that we read this morning. Let me show you what I mean. First of all, as a point of clarification, the word gospel, meaning good news, does not equate with good feeling. The gospel is oftentimes very challenging to hear and wrestle with. So while the gospel text from Matthew on its own does not seem to point us to a message of hope, what happens if we embrace our full cup of God's love, grace, and mercy, and pick up the words of Jesus and put them in the text from Isaiah? I want you to imagine for a moment. I know I'm asking you to imagine a lot of things this morning, but bear with me. Imagine that you're standing in a field holding a tool. That tool has given you power. That tool has given you status. That tool has offered you privilege and a sense of security and safety. And now your God is telling you to give it up. Your God is telling you to let go of what that tool is and to transform it into something new. And as you beat your tool, this tool that has served you so well in the past and almost become a part of you, an extension of who you are and who you see yourself as, a piece of your identity, you feel as if you're beating on yourself, stripping away all that you have worked so hard to build up. Suddenly this calling from God becomes something so much harder. Letting go of this tool that has served you so well in the past calls you to have courage, calls you to have trust, and even calls you to grieve what you are losing and giving up that tool. So bringing this text to today, let's turn the question on ourselves and ask, what are the tools that God is asking us to give up? What tools, weapons do we hold on to that we need to let go of so that God can transform them? Maybe it's our status. Maybe it's our privilege. Maybe it's our fear of the other. Maybe it's our anger. Maybe it's our righteousness. 
I'll say it again, it's a hard calling. It's hard to let go of the tools that have served us so well in the past and trust in something new. But it's from this place of tragedy, loss, and violence where true hope bubbles up. It's in this place where we can hear the thread of hope calling us forward, where we can feel ourselves jump a little bit at no longer holding on to that weapon of destruction. Why? Because, friends, that is the power of the Word of God. At the end of verse 3 in the passage from Isaiah, I'll give you a chance to look it up if you would like to. It says, For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The word instruction is actually Torah, Torah, the law of God, but it's so much more because this line is written in synonymous parallelism with the next line, which is a very, very nerdy academic way of saying that the two lines emphasize each other. And so friends, at Torah, at the word of the Lord, when God speaks, hearts melt, divisions disappear, and violent energy is used to pound weapons into tools, used to create and cultivate creation rather than destroy it. At one word from God, true hope springs forth from tragedy. This imagery that Isaiah was painting us reminded me of a story. In 1914, the world was being rocked by war. Not yet named World War I, the Great War was a tragic time of destruction and death. But come Christmas Eve on the Western Front, instead of gunfire, soldiers could hear the singing of Christmas hymns. The singing went back and forth till all joined in singing the hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful. At that point, thousands of British Belgian and French soldiers laid down their weapons and began to mingle with the German soldiers in the no man's land on the front line. Gifts were exchanged, more hymns were sung, the dead were honored and buried, and some troops even played soccer with makeshift soccer balls. It was a moment of peace in a terrible war. And it all began with the singing of a few hymns. Hymns which many directly quote from the words of scripture or in other words, friends, at the word of the Lord, tools of destruction were set down, divisions were melted, and community was cultivated. At one word from God, true hope sprung forth from tragedy. Friends, this is the power of the hope that God is calling us into. This is the not hope of the world, not the wishful thinking or the empty promises or the overhyped optimism that the world can give us. This hope is peace at one word from God. This hope is belonging at one word from God. This hope is transformation at one word from God. And so I invite you all to stand. and join in a practice that I did a few months ago, but there's definitely beauty in ritual. So as you stand, I invite you to spread your arms out wide with your palms facing down. And I ask you the question again, what are the tools that God is asking you to give up? What tools, weapons do you hold on to that you need to let go of so that God can transform them? 
As we stand with our palms facing down, we're doing so to symbolize surrendering these tools to God. We surrender these tools with hope, knowing God will transform them into tools of creation. And we bring our hands to our hearts because we know we are a people of hope, hope in transformation, hope in renewal, hope in the Christ child lying in the manger, hope in the empty tomb on Easter morning. And finally, we spread our arms out wide with our palms facing up, giving thanks to God, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, the one who calls us to renewal, the one who calls us to transformation, the one who gives us hope. Amen.